Say goodbye to things scattered, stressed, and the last minute scrambles to fund your real estate deals. If you're ready to stop chasing leads, endlessly connecting on Facebook, social media, and Zoom, just to pitch your stuff to anything that moves and breathes, listen up. The Daily Investor Lead Flow is finally here. This tool has forever helped us pinpoint where to focus our capital raising efforts and where to free our time and energy. Head over to dailyinvestorleadflow.com to discover how much of a game changer it can be for you. The Daily Investor Lead Flow literally changed everything for us. Now you can finally have the opportunity to take back your time and get your life back. Remember those times you reached out to investors and heard nothing back? Those days are coming to an end. This tool will zoom out, highlighting all the gaps. It will also zoom in, removing all the guesswork from prioritizing your efforts. Plus, it will help set clear expectations for your business and ensure that your capital raising strategies are assets, not liabilities. Don't wait, take the daily lead flow by going to dailyinvestorleadflow.com. That's dailyinvestorleadflow.com. Your future self will forever thank you. Banks manufacture money out of nothing. They pay you 1% interest to keep your money and if you want your money back, they're going to charge you 5 or 6% to borrow. Hey, I'm Palmy. And I'm Nancy. And, and together we make the Kitty Sisters. We are apartment syndication experts, entrepreneurs, and real estate investors. Nine years ago, we made a change in our financial futures by ditching the 9 to 5. Discover the joy and security in making money while we sleep. We made this podcast to help high-level entrepreneurs secure their financial future while paying virtually zero tax by utilizing apartment syndication. And we're going to show you how. This is Cashflow Multipliers, the podcast dedicated to your financial freedom for the lifestyle you deserve. You're familiar with a bank, right? When you were young, maybe your parents helped you open up your first checking account. And when you were in college, you started learning about how to save or not, really <laughs> depending on your spending habit in your early 20s. Banks are seen as safe, secure, and well-established environments to hold your money. Back in the day, you never imagined these institutions might be robbing you blind. Spoiler alert, they totally are. We often get asked, hey, Palm and Dan, should I invest or keep my money in the bank? Which is safer? They are common and valid questions. Think about it. A lot of us are taught at a young age to go to school, get good grades, and then get a well-paying job that will help us save for retirement. And when most of us think of save, the first thing that comes to mind is keeping your cash in the bank. And it's almost impossible to think of any alternative to keep your money safe. Do you know what this reminds me of? What? A quote from one of our favorite financial dads, Robert Kiyosaki, who famously said, most people put money in their piggy bank. I buy the goose that lays the golden eggs over and over again. That is what an asset is. Okay, I totally love that quote from Robert Kiyosaki. You know, he's telling us that, hey, it's important to invest in asset classes that will continue to have our money make us money over and over and over again. Almost like money breeding rabbits, money <laughs> making money babies. So here's a true story about how banks manufacture money out of nothing. You see, banks are in the business of cash flow. That's what the business they are in. They're the business of cash flow and they're always thinking about their returns. That's totally a good point. It's pretty obvious too. So next time when you walk inside the bank, look at the promotional advertisement on one side of the pamphlet, you will see, hey, great return as high as 1%, which is what they're paying you. But on the other side of the same brochure, it's going to say mortgage rates as low as 5%, which is what they're going to be charging you. So they're saying, we're paying you 1% to keep your money with us, but we're charging you 5% on a mortgage. By the way, that's not a 4% return. Nope. So if you're buying an ice cream sundae for a dollar and you resell it for $5, what's your rate of return? Hundreds of percent. 
Oh my God, so true. You would think it's only 4%, but nope, hundreds of percent <laughs> for sure, right? Banks are in the business of cash flow and they get their way through incentivizing you, the borrower. Yep, when you pay back quicker with a bi-weekly plan, payment plan, or lower interest rates, when you choose a 15-year loan rather than a 30-year loan, it's because they want their money back faster. So what? So they, they can send out that same money back out again and again and again. Oh my God, that's so true. And here's another truth, guys. We always financing. Whether you pay in cash or you borrow, you pay the bank a finance charge. If you pay in cash, you forfeit the right to earn interest. Either way, there's always an interest cost to it, right? It's easy to see the interest we pay rather than the interest we lose. But this is the way, I mean, how wealth is transfer. And this is also where a huge amount of wealth is lost. Banks manufacture money out of nothing. They pay you 1% interest to keep your money and if you want your money back, they're going to charge you 5 or 6% to borrow. Refinancing is a really good example of this. You use your hard-earned money that you make to pay down your mortgage and over time, you're going to build up equity through both the principal and appreciation. And if you want to access that money, guess what? The bank, you're going to go to the bank and the bank is going to actually charge you for that. Your own money. Crazy, right? That's so insane that how the bank work, right? But you know what, guys? If you follow the advice that we're about to give you, you can cut out the bank as long as you and your middleman can boost your return by hundreds of a percentage. In reality, the bank is actually the middleman. They're profiting big time out of your hard-earned funds. At the same time, they're earning interest on the money because they pay you a small amount and then, you know, lend it out for a lot more money. Okay, let's dial back to that 1% that you get from your bank. You know, right? It's actually less than 1%. Totally, but we're definitely rounding up here for purposes of easy math. So that 1% you're supposed to get back from the bank, they're actually lending that out at 5%, which makes it a 400% markup. They're actually paying you $1 for every $100 that you put into the bank. And yeah, they're lending that out at a cost of $5 per $100. Amazing, right? <laughs> Honestly, the bank rate of return is close to an infinite return, right? By automatically storing your cash in the bank, you practically get nothing back and you know they charge someone at this current rate like in situation five six percent and that's what they're gonna get an infinite return cash multipliers why would you put money in the bank when you can do it yourself in the case you haven't caught on putting in the money in bank doesn't make you wealthy it actually just makes the suits at jp morgan and others like them a little bit fatter and by fatter we mean wealthier like we mentioned a little bit ago why make the bank wealthier when you can do this for yourself Guess what? You absolutely can. If you still keep your money in the bank and you know you think this is a totally horrible idea, listen up. You're making 1% or less and inflation at the time of recording is 8.6%. The next big question that matter is, if the banks are robbing you blind, what do you do with your money next? Introducing peer-to-peer -peer lending. Peer-to-peer -peer lending or P2P lending removes the bank from the loan arrangement. Instead, you as investor become the bank. Your investment is a loan made to an individual borrower. Now, before you start freaking out that you might have to dole out hundreds of thousands of dollars of loan to individuals you don't know, hear us out for a second. You actually don't fund an entire loan amount to a borrower. Instead, you invest in what are known as notes. So broken down in the simplest term, these are typically broken down in 25 units increments. So as a person who is borrowing 25,000 from a P2P platform <laughs> may have his fund funded by even like a thousand individuals who lend up just $25 each. 
Do you see where the word peers makes sense here? Here's another way you can stop the bank from robbing you blind by becoming a private money lender. Okay, private money lenders are used by short and long-term real estate investors to finance single-family flipping properties. Ship and Joanna gains styles. <laughs> oh my gosh. And no, we're not talking about hard money loans. We're talking about the capital to compete with the timeline of all cash buy. Dan, do you remember the good old days of our flipping business? Yes, those good old days. I sure do. And I sure would like to forget sometimes too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Back when we were flipping houses, we were private money lenders ourselves as well. You see, like Los Angeles or any other expensive city, a rusty, dusty house can be as much as $1 million. And that's considered like a low end. If it's even possible to find a house or even someone to finance the entire purchase plus the cost of construction. In order to purchase a house to flip, to see a profit, flippers had to line up their finances as well. For hard money lenders, this means in order to mitigate their risk, they would not finance the entire purchase price because if anything goes south, they need to have that equity cushion. In many scenarios, the hard money lenders term would be something along the line like 70% of the purchase price plus 100% of construction costs, right Pong? Mm -hmm. That's when flippers would have to either fund the missing gap themselves or find private money lenders who are more than happy to be the bank themselves. Of course, these loans aren't offered by traditional lenders. I mean, you kind of have to be a little bit off your rockers to agree to fast financing as in as little as 10 days. These loans will have obviously higher interest rates than conventional mortgage lenders. And this is another way that you can become a bank. Okay, now moving on to our very favorite way to, you know, be your own bank, BYOB, which is through apartment syndication. We all knew we we're gonna be coming back to this at some point, right? But let's be clear, when we're talking about being your own bank, we're not talking about being a typical limited partner with a split of 80-20 or 70-30, but rather you can invest your money in a preferred return. We have seen a lot of this type of capital structure lately where investor invest to get a preferred return of six or nine percent and sometimes have a shorter investment hold periods of two to three years only. While it's all good, you won't be participating in the upside on the apartment sale. Guys, the benefit of this type of investment is if for some reason the sponsorship team couldn't hit the expectation or the projected return, in that case, the priority of returns goes to the preferred investor first. Indeed, there's absolutely no right or wrong answer to how you should invest your money. Be sure to always be using your personal investing goals to determine which apartment syndication structure is best for you. If you're in the apartment syndication game for more of the ongoing passive income, aka cash flow, apartment syndication with a preferred return might be better as you would likely see greater cash flow distribution during the life cycle of the project. At the same time, you will likely see smaller returns as you won't be participating in the huge upside of apartment sales. Banking your own bank isn't hard. If you zoom out enough, you'll actually realize that you're already being the banker to the bank. You're just not making any money on it. It's time that you take back the power. So if you're listening down and you might be wondering, hey, you wanna do this now, while we're all about enthusiasm and wealth has the need for speed, be sure to always consult your professionals in your network as everyone's situation is different. Long-term wealth building is an art form. There's definitely craftsmanship to this life. You have to utilize the best strategy to make more, keep more, by either developing some mastery yourself or leveraging your team of experts to compress your timeline. Yes, we're all about compressing those timelines, right, Pao? Yes. Well, we know being your own bank isn't for everyone, but 
if you learn how to cut out the middleman correctly, you can be a step closer to financial freedom. With all that being said, that's it from us today, Cash Multipliers. We love being here, so if you're enjoying the show or heard something that you really resonated with, before you go, please give us a rating and review on the podcast wherever you're streaming from. We'll talk to you guys soon, Cash Multipliers. We can't wait to begin this journey with you. Check us out at thekittysisters.com slash podcast. 